Hey, everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke, and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Gang, we've got a really good one today. This may be one of this may be my all-time favorite episode uh, that we've done. Check it out. See what you think. If you're loving the podcast, gang, we've got some spots left for Uncharted's April conference. It's our marketing and strategy conference. Head over to UnchartedVet.com. The price is going to increase in the next couple of weeks. That's right. There'll be a price raise coming at you. I don't want that to catch you. And we got about 30 spots left. So go ahead and grab one of the few remaining spots that there are. I'd love to see you in April. Come to my hometown. Get to meet me. Get to hang out with uh, with my team, with Stephanie Goss. See what Uncharted is all about. It really is something special. And gang, I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me and Stephanie. Don't text me. Tell it straight to my face, Goss. (laughs) How's it going, Andy? I like that one. Oh, that's good. Okay. Let me... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Let me be clear that, that uh, your name is about the episode, not what we have to talk about first, because we have something <laughs> uh, heavy we have to talk about right off the bat. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, we've got to talk about our happy Afro um, saying. All right. So, yeah, here we go. Um, so we talk about happy Afros here on on the Uncharted podcast, and we always say, oh, we're put on your... Your big, sparkly, rainbow, happy Afro. And Afro is a acronym that we use. So we say happy Afro is um, put it on when you're going to have a hard conversation. And that means, are you in a good space? Are, are you happy? Can you talk to this person? The A is assume good intent. The F is, has this person been set up to fail? The R is, what is my role here? What is my responsibility? And the O is, what outcome do I hope to achieve? Achieve. And so that is the acronym that we have used, and we've uh, tried to do it in a very fun and positive way. Um, and we've we've used it for for quite some time. And I got uh, an email recently, so just uh, just in the last uh, week or so. And I kind of want to walk through what I want. Kind of want to walk through my experience with this email because I th- I think it's interesting. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of kind of go through something like this. So I kind of want to just lay down kind of what happened. So um, we got an, an email. We got a message actually through the Uncharted Facebook page from a veterinarian. And she was very nice. What she said was, I just found your podcast and I listened to this. And I was really shocked as you guys talked about. These two white people talked about Afros and that bothered me and i th- i felt like this was kind of cultural misappropriation for humor and that's w- that's what she said and uh and i just want to kind of walk through my sort of response to that for for a couple of reasons and you guys will sort of see as we go so the first thing uh so i get this so i get this message and i think that most of us have we have received feedback like this before, whether or not it's about um, something that's sort of racial in, in origin or whether it's just something where I thought I was doing something good or I'm trying to do something good and someone else doesn't, uh, they don't see it that way or they point out, Hey, this is problematic. Uh, and, and I think I probably felt just like everybody else would feel where, you know, when we get negative feedback, right. When we get, when we take feedback, it's hard. 
right? It's hard to take feedback. And I just want to be honest up front and sort of talk, let's, really, this is me just sort of talking about taking feedback. Um, you know, I, I think I immediately probably felt defensive, like most people would, where you go, what are you saying here? You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything racist. This is, you know, obviously I would never do something like that. And that's, that's very much opposed to who I am as a person. And I'm just trying to do something good. And we come up with this acronym to, you know, to help people learn. And, um, and we did not make this to try to be funny. We honestly looked at the questions that we asked that we think are important and then tried to find an acronym that worked to help people remember them. And this mm -hmm. is, what we could come up with. And so we used it. <laughs> so I had all of those sort of defensive knee jerk reactions. Sure. And, um, I saw the, the message in the morning, I think it came through late at night, but I saw it in the morning and I had those sort of defensive, uh, reactions and responses. And so how, how could you think this about me? This person must be completely off their rocker. How would they say this? How would they do this? And so I didn't, I didn't respond and I didn't respond because I could tell I wasn't in a happy place, right? Like I wasn't in a place where I could smile. I wasn't in a place where I could go through the other steps that we teach, you know, assuming good intent and things like that. So I didn't, I didn't say anything for a while, which is nice thing about digital communication is this person, they send a sure. message. I, you know, I sat on it yeah. and I still, I rolled this around in my head and I'm trying to do what's right. And I say, you know, I really, I like this tool and we've never used it in bad intent and I've never gotten any negative feedback about it you know, at all. And people talk to me about, about it and it helps them remember. Right. And still we sort of come to the end of the day and I'm still kind of rolling this around and wrestling with it. And so I felt like it was important to respond. And so I wrote back and I said, thank you for this candid feedback. Um, can, uh, we will pass it on to Dr. Rourke. So he has it. Thank you so much. And I, and I sent that message and I sent that message and, but, but I did it because I still needed to, time to process, but I didn't want this person right. to feel ignored. And so I said, right. essentially what I said was give us, give us time to, to process. Right. right. And so I, um, so I, so I slept on it and that tends to be a, a good thing for me is a lot of times when I get feedback, I need to just buy some time. I need to take it. I need to sit with it. I, and you know what I mean? And, and not really respond and just say, I just, I need to process this. Uh -huh. And I slept on it. And the next day I got up and my head was much clearer. You know what I mean? Because I, I think I've kind of gone through that initial defensive sort of, sort of stage and, and I processed what the person said. And what I came back with is this, um, we never wanted to, we never want to hurt anybody. You know what I mean? We, we don't yeah. ever want to, to turn anyone off. We were not trying to to make a joke, you know, or, or, or do right. this at someone's expense. It was very much, Hey, we have this thing that we believe in. What acronyms can we make for this existing thing that right. do justice? Not, Hey, Afros are funny and right. let's grab onto that. Like that was not our thought process, but that doesn't really matter if people, cause people don't know that, you know what I mean? Like right. our intentions mm -hmm. were good, but that doesn't change how it's received. Listening happens at the ear, not at the mouth, right? Communication happens at the ear, not at the mouth, I guess, is, is, right. is what I would say. And so if that's how people are hearing it, then I, I, need, to, I need to understand that, right? I need, to, I need to accept that that's true. I also thought about the classic thing we say where if one person gives you a piece of negative feedback, probably a lot of other people ha have that feedback and they just didn't say anything. 
Mm-hmm. And so you can't ever discount the, ch- the, the chance that maybe one person is giving you feedback that a lot of other people think but are not communicating. Sure. The last part of it is I say, you know, we're here to teach and, and we want to support people and help people. And if we're doing something that is turning people off or is forming a barrier for them hearing what we're saying, that's counterproductive, right? We're not, right. we're not pulling this off. And the last part is to go, maybe she's right. Maybe, maybe we are, um, maybe we are doing something that's culturally insensitive, um, completely without intention, right? Good intent. But if we're doing something that's culturally insensitive, we, we want to stop that, right? I like yeah. I'm I'm beating the drum, and I know you are as well. For increasing diversity in the widest profession in the world, which is vet medicine. Right. And so, I don't ever want to be hypocritical by saying I really want to increase the diversity of our profession and let me continue to do something that's culturally insensitive and makes people yeah. feel unwelcome. And so, you know, you think through all those things, and you go, you know what? I hear this. Um, what is the outcome that I want? Well, the outcome is I want people to understand what we're trying to teach, right? right? Like I want them to hear the message and we've got to figure out another way to do that. Right. And so, so that's what I want to start off and talk about and say, this is the feedback that we sort of got about us using uh, the term happy Afro and things like that. And we never meant any uh, you know, harm or disrespect or anything, but ultimately this may be counterproductive and, and the fact that we don't mean to offend someone doesn't mean that they're not hurt by what we said. Exactly right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's trying to know better and do better. And I think that's what it comes back to receiving feedback. And so, you know, the other thing too, is I, I think about, you know, I'm going to assume good intent on this person's part who gave us this feedback. You know, guys, I, when you think about it for a second, how nice, how kind was it that she sent us a message Instead of going into a Facebook group and being mm-hmm. like, can you believe these white people are doing this thing? And you know what I mean? And, and, and assuming the worst intent for us, she, she didn't right. assume the worst intent for us. She said, Hey, I really like what you're doing. I hear, you know, good intent. This is a thing that, that feels weird in my ear. And this is why. And it was a mm-hmm. private conversation where she gave us feedback. So honestly, I would say, she really gave feedback to us in the way that we hope people will give feedback, which is privately um, assuming good intentions about us and things like that. So really sh- the message was really well done and it still took me a day to sort of process it and get past my own feelings. That's why taking feedback is so hard. But, um, but I just wanted to kind of lay that down for everybody and sort of say one, just sort of to, to explain where we are with the acronym for engagement and two, I thought this was something where I could maybe validate some people who are out there and sort of say, taking feedback is hard. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is how, I, how I have taken it in this case, and I hope it's the right way to take it. But, um, you know, I'm trying to hear it. I'm trying to grow uh, because that's what we talk to you guys about. So, yeah. so we're not going to use uh, that acronym anymore for our engagement. I've been playing with it. I've been thinking about it. Um, I think what we'll start to do is talk about, are we safe to have these hard conversations? And so by safe, I mean, can you smile at this person, right? Can I sit next to them? Can I be happy? Uh, A is assume good intent. F is have they been set up to fail? And what is my fault? What responsibility can I take? And then E is what is the end result that we want? So safe conversations. Are we safe to have this conversation? And so that's, I think that that's what we're going to go to now. So you'll hear us talking about, are we safe to have this conversation? Um, and we'll move away from, uh, from our previous acronym 
And, and so that's, that's what the change is, but I just kind of wanted to lay down why that was happening, kind of where we are. And maybe we'll find something that's, that's more fun or that we like better and we'll continue to evolve. But, um, but that's, that's sort of where my head's at right now. I love it. And I, I think, um, I think you said everything that, that both you and I wanted to say, I think, um, the other thing for me about this was, um, it was a really great learning experience on a, on a lot of levels. But I think um, I think you highlighted it when you said taking feedback is hard. And when we both read the message at first, like I and we first started to talk about it, we started to talk about it from a feedback perspective. I thought a lot about what if what if I had gotten this feedback in person? What if you had gotten this feedback in person? And um, I think I think you and I are both fairly good communicators like not to pat ourselves on the back but it's something that we practice a lot so I think we both feel really confident and I had this moment of I feel so unconfident like I don't know how to reply here I don't know what to say um and it really highlighted for me that that um feedback is always something that is going to be a learning experience guys like you can be the most um, experienced communicator ever. And it's still hard, especially when it, especially when it is um, a sensitive topic or when, when you, I think we all as humans will always struggle with um, feeling like you're taking something personally, even when the intention is not for it to be personal at all. And so um, that, that for me was, um, was a really good opportunity to kind of sit back and marinate not only on what was the feedback that was being shared, but in also uh, on how I processed the feedback and where I could continue to grow and learn. And so, um, you know, I appreciate this person speaking out to us. I think both of us do. Um, And it was a, it was a really good learning experience. Yeah, totally. So that's, um, that's, yeah, that's where my head is. But no, I, I think you and I sort of went through the same experience. And, you know, I, yeah, I just, you know, as someone who is, um, is, is, is a leader in your workplace. And that's kind of how I, how I feel is we're trying to do a very good thing. We're trying to, we're trying to make the world a better place. It, right it can be hard to, to hear negative feedback. You know what I mean? Cause you go, I'm trying so hard. And that's really why I want to have this conversation on the podcast is because there are so many of us managers, head technicians, doctors, practice owners who get negative feedback. And then your first response is I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. And I just want to validate the heck out of that and say, yeah, I, I feel that. And I see you, you know, real, I, I, I think that one of the challenges for all of us is to say, I am trying hard and I am, I do have good intentions and I can still take negative feedback and mm-hmm. learn from it. And I can, I can do better. And this doesn't make me a bad person. It's right. purely a critique on a behavior that I'm doing, you know, on an approach that I'm taking. Mm -hmm. And it's not a critique of me as a person. Mm -hmm. 
And and I think a lot of us, I think our natural inclination is to internalize negative feedback as this is an attack on me as a person. And then all of these self-preservation mechanisms kick in, self-identity right. stuff kicks in. This is where right. we can start to feel resentment and things like that. And so um, this is probably about the best that feedback like this can possibly go um, mm-hmm. as far as receiving it from someone who is very nice and very mm-hmm. articulate. Um but it's still a wrestling match. And so I just wanted to say that's something that happened with us. And um, it's a good reminder. Yep. And I think that it is perfect timing because we are going to need to be able to be safe because today's topic has a really, um, is a really hard one and has really hard conversations that that go along with it. Yeah. That was another reason I was like, you know what, let's just go ahead and lay this down now and let's explain it because we're going to need these tools in a big way to get through what we're talking about today. So, um, we have, this is, we have an, uh, a case that comes in and it is a practice owner who discovered that one of her employees was making nasty memes about her. So they were memes of the practice owner mm-hmm. and sh- the person messed up and accidentally shared them in an area or in a way that the practice owner saw them. She saw mm-hmm. nasty memes of herself. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, she was devastated, right? I mean, I would be, I could, could you imagine like you're the practice mm-hmm. owner and you, and you're working and trying to run this practice and, and then you find that one of your employees is, is, making fun of you, you know what I mean? Just openly and according to the, you know, to the, to the information we forgot with in a very nasty, intentionally nasty or mean way. Like, right. Good God, man. How, you know, how awful would that, would that feel? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I think, I think when I read this, like my stomach think for this person, because for so many reasons, um, least of which is that this person is, um, is wonderful and kind and funny and trying very, very hard Mm. to improve her practice and her team. And, um, she's working her butt off. And when you feel like you are hustling like that and you are working so hard to try and make things better. And then someone that you're working on behalf of does or says something, it it feels like a punch in the gut and, um, you know, and, and there's, there's shame and embarrassment and feeling like not only is this thing being done, but everybody else knows about it. Like that, um, I, I just, my heart immediately just, I wanted to put my arms around this person and give them a big hug because I felt so awful because it's mean, it, it immediately made me think of like the grade school mean Mm -hmm. girl teasing and the public humiliation and the, um, the bullying that that goes on in, in school. Yeah. Bully bullying is the is the right is the right word, okay. Um, yeah, I, I I I this this just bothered me at a deep level, and so that that's why that's why I want to talk about it. Um, yeah. Let me start by saying, I don't think this is a solitary thing. I think that the I think that 
the mechanism may be. Um, I don't know that it's that the mechanism may not be things that people see a lot, but these, but even this, the meme stuff, that stuff absolutely does happen. Um, but I, I think that the idea of someone on your team saying nasty things about you as a boss, as a leader, as an owner, as a manager, that is absolutely not uncommon. It, it, these things happen. Um, and so I just wanted to validate that and say, this is not a solitary thing, but it yeah. makes you feel so alone. When yeah. you feel stabbed in the back, when you feel like, oh my gosh, this person on my team was talking to the other people on my team and saying these awful things about me and you're their boss, God, you feel isolated. You know what I mean? You really do feel like in middle school where you have been ostracized or you know, you're getting excluded from the in-group um, and shamed for reasons that that are not your own fault. And so this just uh, this is an emotional thing, and it happens it happens to to us as bosses, right? There's I don't know why there's some people that just have a problem with any sort of authority. I just want to say it happens to great bosses uh, as well as bosses who are struggling. You know what I mean? I think a lot of us think when things like this happen, we think, oh my god. No one would ever do this to a great boss. I know that, you know, and we like our negative self-talk goes, well, I must deserve this in some way. And that is so common to have that feeling. Uh, that is not accurate. I'm telling you that it happens to uh, everybody. It is not about you as a boss. It is about the person who is behaving this way. And so do not let this make you feel like a failure, like less than, do not make it feel like you are isolated. Do not fall into the trap of being like, this person must be saying what everybody else is thinking. Um, yeah. Reject those thoughts. I know that is hard, but I am just here to say, I believe this happens commonly enough that it's worth us doing a podcast about it. And I just want to tell you, if you're feeling this way because you have been bullied by someone who works for you, you know, or someone has, has acted this way, reject the idea that you deserve this. It's not true. It happens all the time. It's not about you. It's about yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Pe people think, people think it's okay to punch up. Okay. Um, people think it's okay to punch up in comedy. We talk about punching up and punching down. And so punching up is employees making fun of the boss. Mm -hmm. Punching down is the boss making fun of employees. Okay. I think we all know that the boss making fun of employees is wrong, right? It, right. Is, it is not okay. If we saw a boss talking and making fun of his employees or her employees, we would not think it's cool. <laughs> Spoiler alert to anyone out there who's a boss who makes fun of their employees um, in front of other people or says things that are about them. Uh, right. It doesn't look good. That is you right. punching down. And you better believe that people recoil from that naturally. No one wants to see someone punch down. No one some wants to see someone make fun of people who have less power than they do. That's not cool. It's not okay. It doesn't feel good. It, you know, um, punching down, I think most of us understand innately, not funny, not good. I think a lot of us, or some of us at least, think that punching up is always okay. And, you know, we see punching up a lot. It is, it's the employees making fun of the CEO and, or it's, um, you know, it's, it's somebody making fun of the police officer. 
Mm-hmm. And again, if it's done in a lighthearted way, that can be fun, you know? And obviously, like, when I make the videos of, here's the top 10 ways that veterinarians tick off the technicians, that's punching up, right? It, it's, right. it's me making fun of my colleagues, the other doctors. Um, mm-hmm. But no one wants to say, here's the top 10 ways that technicians uh, tick off the doctors. Not funny. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Just because punching up is sometimes funny doesn't mean that it's always funny. Just because someone is your boss, that doesn't mean that you can be awful to them. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that you can tear them down. That doesn't make you um, something virtuous. You know what I mean? This is a person and you're a person. And tearing them down is just bullying. Yeah. I For, for me, the, the big question that I had... Um, when I, after I read this, um, was, let's, let's give this person a name. Let's, let's call, let's, let's call, let's call the practice owner, Amanda. Let's say that Amanda was, um, was, uh, she was the practice owner who found these, uh, memes. And let's say that they came from Jessica. Okay. So I guess when I read it, um, the, the first thing that's, bring to mind was why like why is why is Jessica why is Jessica being so mean um and I guess maybe it's because um I I'm particularly sensitive to bullying it upsets me and bothers me more than anything but when I when I read this I was like why why would you do that to to another human being For, forget the mistake of having sent it to the whole team so that Amanda saw it just doing it in the first place. Like what, what's the point? What purpose does that, was sure. that serve? Why, why does it happen? I, I think there's four reasons that this happens. Okay. So there's, there's four, there's four that, that I see a lot. Um, the first one is fairly innocent. It's teasing that crosses the line. And, and I'm very aware of this one because it is a, it is something that I have to pay attention to. And so honestly, um, you and I just uh, put out our last podcast was um, the April primer for the conference. And we talked about the conference was going to happen. And I was teasing you and I was like, oh, if you mess this up, Goss, you'll be out on the street. And you and I have a relationship where you know that that is me teasing. You, you don't, But there are other people who may, um, who may not, who, who don't know me that well who would take teasing like that and, and go, what a jerk, you know, or, or someone who had been, maybe they had been surprised and fired from a job in the past and that would really right. hurt them, right. you know, and you and I, we've been friends a long time. We know each other very well. You know how much love and respect I have for you. You, you know how, how happy I am with you and working with you and how much I love it and how much meaning I get from our relationship. Um, but if I caught you on the wrong day, you know what I mean? And said something like that. And, but like, I could see that being really hurtful. And so that's something that I have to watch it myself and go, I meant this to be funny. You know, I, I kind of have that type of, of, of humor, that sort of teasing humor, mm-hmm. but I have absolutely teased people and caught them on the wrong day or teased them in a way where they have some baggage that I didn't know about, you know what I mean? And right. I, and I hurt their feelings and that's right. not their fault. That's my fault. And so right. I have to watch that. I, you know, I do that. Um, I will do that with uh, with my family. You know what I mean? And, and right. I, I hope I'm not painting myself like a jerk here. I use humor to engage with people and I like. And, you know, I like to right. pick a little bit. 
and you know, um, my daughter will come home from uh, middle school and I will say something not nasty, but just sort of teasing, right. like, um, right. just something dumb about, you know, your friends or, you know, like, right. What or teasing and about she, a boy or something. Oh, exactly. That hundred, that's that's a great example. I will say <laughs> something about uh, the, the, uh, a boy or, you know what I mean? Like right. you chasing boys or something like that. And something traumatic for her right. might have happened with the boy that she right. liked at school that day. And she's devastated. And God, I feel so horrible. Right. Um, but that is, but that, that's how sometimes these things happen. And, and, um, the person they're teasing and they push, they push too far, you know, they, right. they, they tease too much and they go too far. And so I think that that's number one. I, I put that number one. And I think I put that number one because, like I said, it's the one I have to look for in myself is, is am I teasing this person too much or maybe I'm, I'm trying to be funny and I hurt their feelings. And that, that always has happened to me and I feel terrible when it happens. And it's just something, a personal thing for me that I always try to, to pay attention to. Well, and I think, I think it is, I think for me where it falls number one is because it is something very innocent, but I think it's something that we can all relate to. Like, I think. I think everyone in in the collective human experience has had that moment where you have you have been teasing and it has been meant in a lighthearted, fun way. And it doesn't matter if it was their baggage or the wrong day or just in that moment they were upset. It doesn't come across the way that it was intended. Right. It just wasn't funny. It wasn't. It wasn't lighthearted. It hurt that person. I think that's an experience that we all can relate relate to. I don't think it's you being a jerk in in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think it's I think it's part of the human experience, and I think everybody can relate to that. Yeah, and I I think it's it's a it feels maybe a little bit different when it happens at work, and yeah. you're the boss of the people who were there. So say you're the head technician, and somebody they tease you. And the rest of the technicians laugh and say that this is something that hurt you. Right. Now, suddenly you feel like the movie character that is in the middle of the circle and everyone is pointing at you and laughing and it hurts. Like that's a terrible experience that we all have. So that, but that happens. But again, I go back to my point of this is not real. You are not off. You know what I mean? You are not awful. You know what I mean? It feels this way. But, but it's really, it's not about you. It's not happening because you are bad or have done something bad. So number one is teasing that crosses the line. Number two is this idea that the person, the butt of the joke will never know and I'll get a laugh. So it's okay. And this is the same thought pattern that, um, that makes it okay in some people's minds to bash clients. It's like, Oh, The client will never know that I'm rolling my eyes and and making fun at their expense. And the rest of the staff will laugh and that makes it okay. They'll never know. So it's not hurting anybody. Um, And I get, and and everybody here laughs. So see, it's a net positive. That's, that's a rationale that some people use. Obviously we know that that is not true. Uh, That type of teasing or attacking humor is bad for culture and it tends to stick around and it starts to become the norm. And ultimately people do get hurt. Even if the people being made fun of never find out, it still makes your culture turn into a, a mean person club. You know what I mean? Of like, oh, we tear people down for humor. That's what we do. 
And so, again, I don't think people are trying to be bad. I think for whatever reason, they 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 just decide the person will never know and everybody will laugh. And so I'm just going to do it. And so that's number two. Number three is a just straight up bully mentality, right? I am going to tear down others to look bigger myself or to feel bigger myself, right? I need to feel, I need to feel powerful. So I am going to attack the boss in front of other people and try to tear her down. Um, and that will make me look strong to the other technicians or to the rest of the staff. And that's some weird toxic tribalism stuff. And that's just, that's just bullying mentality. And so I'll tear this person down to make myself feel better. That's, um, that's bullying. That's number three. And then the, the fourth reason I see is, um, that this person has a problem, right? Jamie Holmes has a phrase that I have taken. I use it all the time. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. And so people who do things like this, often they themselves, they're hurting. This person, right. they, are, they are depressed. They are angry. They have been abused. They are, you know, upset. What, what I mean, right. whatever the reason is. Happy people don't do things like this. And so that helps me to process these types of things. Even when I see it on the internet and I'll see you know, um, people attacking veterinarians on the internet hurt people, hurt people. And so people who lash out at veterinarians, uh, unfairly because, uh, because their pet passed away, that's a hurt, that that's a hurt person who is lashing out. And that just helps me to understand these people a bit and to put this in context. And so when I said right up at the very beginning for Amanda, the practice owner, this is not about you. This is about them. Uh, it it means they um, they either they are either they were either teasing innocently and just somehow got carried away. They um, they they thought that that they could get a laugh with this and that you would never know. They are a bully or they are hurt. They are a damaged person uh, who is lashing out um, because because they have pain themselves. And so those, those are sort of the thoughts I have. So what if something happened in the practice that upset Jessica or made her mad and this is her, this is her response? Like she said something, you know, maybe, maybe Jessica felt like Amanda said something mean to her or called her out in front of people or she felt, she felt, you know, shamed or or um bullied in some way and so she's like well you're gonna talk to me like that screw you i'm gonna make memes about you yeah okay all right now we're getting into some some really hard places okay there is okay this is one of those things where the middle path is the right path there's a this is an area where nuance is important okay I am going to say two things that um, it almost seems paradoxical together, but they're both important, okay? Number one is sometimes people give us feedback and we don't like the way that they give it, but there is a kernel of truth in it, you know? 
And so we hear that from, um, from pet owners sometimes when they will be really upset and they will say, how dare you do this? Blah, 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 blah. There may be some truth to what they were saying is, "Ah, you know what? Maybe I should not have said it that way, or maybe I should have done a better job of preparing them for what I was going to do. That doesn't mean that they should go on Facebook and write me a one-star review and and rip me. I I hate the way they delivered that feedback, but maybe there is some feedback there. So that's the first thing I'll say. The other thing that I'll say though, is, um, abusing people is not okay. Bullying people is not okay. It doesn't matter if you're a hundred percent valid in what you're angry about. You still don't bully people. You know, we don't attack people. We communicate in a professional and civilized way, not in a, in an aggressive, assaulting, hurtful way. Yeah. And so both of those things are, are true. So what, where does, where does that, where does that leave us? Um, yeah, I, I, I just want to put both of those on the table. Sometimes, uh, people give us feedback and the, and the message gets lost in the delivery, you know, um, let's go back to the, to the happy Afro thing, um, and say this person delivered the message very well. So it got hurt. If this person comes at me and screams, you're a racist, how could you right. do this? I, the chance of me being able to process what they were saying and hear them right. would be much sure. lower because of the delivery that they had. Sure. And so, but that doesn't change the fact that when you dig into it, there may be a kernel of truth to what they're saying and, and, you know, but the way they say it completely hides the message. So, um, so yeah, that's it. There may be, you may have made a mistake. You know what I mean? And you may hear about that and that Mm -hmm. doesn't change, you know, the fact that they were awful doesn't change the fact that maybe we could have played this a little differently. Maybe we could have said this a little differently. Um, but that does not make it okay to use this approach in communicating. We're all human. We all make mistakes, you know? And like I said, some people are just hurt. Some people are just angry. Some people are just a bully and the other people don't feel that way. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag. Like I said, this is nuanced. This is where we kind of, we kind of have to feel around in the dark a little bit for, is there truth to this? The biggest, um, the biggest advice I can give for that, and we'll, and we'll start to unpack what to do if you're the owner. I, I think we have to try to figure out if there is some truth to this and separate it from this experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because if we tie this experience together with the feedback that's being given, the whole thing becomes too hurtful. Um, And so I would say that's two different things is, am I getting valid feedback? And then a separate issue is, am I being bullied? You know, am I being attacked here in an unfair way? And I would try my best to separate those things and handle them separately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think, I think, um, I think you said it right. Like this is, this is a hard one. And no matter, no matter what, it's going to take a lot of time and perspective and, um, grown up thinking to be able to process this. And I think that for me is part of it is that how do you, how do you communicate and 
think and process like a grown up when the behavior feels so childish. It's it's really hard to not when somebody makes fun of you or acts in such a um childish way it's hard as a human to not want to um go to their level to not want to process it in that in that same way it's hard to step back in that and be able to have perspective and think like a grown-up and respond um like a grown-up I think that's just just human nature you know vulnerability (laughs) is such a superpower you know in in a leadership role the vulnerability to say I hear what you're saying. I think it's quite possible that I I am not perfect. You know what I mean? And I want to learn and I want to grow and, and blah, blah, blah. These are the things I struggle with. That's vulnerability. It's hard to just to be vulnerable in general. The idea of being vulnerable when someone is being abusive, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you go too far. And so having good personal boundaries and having some barriers and rejecting unfair assaults and at the same time, being vulnerable enough to f- receive feedback, I think that that is that is so difficult to do, and it's so hard, and it's so challenging. And again, I just want to go back to this again. For a lot of these people, there is not valid feedback, you know, especially if they're just being mean. Mm-hmm. Of our boss is a jerk. I hate my boss. That's not right. feedback. That's bullshit. You know that right. that is childish, right. nasty right. bullying. Um, right. Listen, let me. I just want to hit this real clean. Boss shaming and boss abuse and boss bullying, they are real things and they're not okay. It may seem like, oh, I'm punching up and the boss can take it. No, the boss is a real person who is doing her best and this is not okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do we so, do? Yeah, yeah do I was going to say, how do you, how do you, how do you, if you're, if you're Amanda, like, Oh my God, what would you, what would you do? Like when you, when you read this and you, I don't know if you, you and I think a lot alike, the first thing I did was put myself in Amanda's shoes. And I, I asked myself that question, like, what would I even do? And my brain spun so hard trying to figure out like how I would even, how would even process that? Well, I, um, I am a pretty laid back guy and I don't tend to get angry Mm -hmm. very often. Like I tend to be pretty chill and I got to tell you, if I saw this for me, the flaming raging sword of justice spring, like it would just be in my hand without me. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the first instinct I think for any of us, I don't care how sort of timid you are, how shy you are, kick the office door open with your flaming sword and just (laughs) take heads. The person who made this going down, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in front of everybody and anyone who laughed taking heads, you know what I mean? Right. And right. that's, I think that is the normal initial response is just a mixture of rage and pain. And as we know from a lot of pet owners, I think the natural response for a lot of us to pain is to turn it into rage. Right. Because rage right. feels better than pain. Rage yeah. feels productive. You know, yeah. I'm going to make other people feel pain because that's what I'm feeling. Well, again, 
hurt people hurt people. And so now I've been hurt, which means my initial emotional response is I'm going to hurt other people. I was working with somebody and we were talking about one of their staff members and the staff member had done something. And I said, all right, look, this is what we need to do to move forward. And she just looks at me and she goes, Andy, she deserves to cry. And I think sometimes we feel like, like she deserves to cry, you know, and that is the right, you know, that is the righteous flaming sort of justice. She deserves right. to Ultimately, I convinced yeah. her that she did not need to cry for us to move forward. <laughs> but I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I totally understand. So let's just be straight up honest about you find this. It is enraging and it is painful. And the sword of justice is in your hand and you want to kick that door open and just take heads. That's not the best strategic move, you know, and this is God, this is wrestling your emotions. And this goes back to my, one of my favorite sayings. You can be righteous or effective, choose one. And God, I do not blame you if you choose righteous. I understand that is the default, and it would be a powerful draw to make you want to take heads. I I get it. Choose effective if you can, and that involves a ton of self-control. Well, and I think, I think, for me on a personal level, um, choosing effective always involves choosing time and distance. Like I, this is the kind of thing where I have to, if I have any hope at not taking up the sword of righteousness, I have to put it down and I have to walk away. And whether that's to spend time by myself, uh, almost always it involves spending some time with myself and just feeling the emotions. I'm a very, um, I'm, I'm a pretty private person when it comes to emotions and particularly if it's something, um, that hurts on a, on a deeply personal level that requires me to take some time and just be by myself, whether it's taking a walk or closing yeah. myself up in my room and crying it, you know, in the shower or whatever, whatever it is, however you process for me, it always has to involve some private time to kind of just feel the emotions and be able to, to, in order for me to be able to move beyond the emotions, I have to let myself feel them. I do not know anyone, anyone who was so enlightened that they could have an experience like this, stand up, walk out, and have conversations with these people. Yeah, I I do not. I don't know that person. I would aspire to be that. Like that is, to me, honest to God, that it would be true enlightenment is to be able to have that much self-control that you immediately have perspective you know, and, and can just take this for what it is. I, I don't, I, I could not do it. I could not do it. And again, I, we talked about the feedback for, uh, for our conversation primers, you know, at the beginning, I still needed a day to hear this feedback, which was given respectfully, you know, um, right. and privately, right. I yeah. still needed to process this and say, 
what is true? What is real? What does this mean about me as a person? You know, how, what, what, what story am I telling myself about my identity, you know, like, and how I'm affected by this and what this means for me as a person and for my own morality. Like I still needed a day just to, to go through that stuff. And that was done very nicely. You know, it was right. still, yeah. So yeah. of how could you not need that same time for something like this that feels so public and so um, intentionally hurtful? Yeah. You, you got to take that time. So, okay. So let's, let's, let's clean this up a little bit. Um, wh- what do we do? Number one, take some time, Right. Even if this is complete fantasy, even if the stuff that the person is saying has no basis in reality, you look at it and you go, that is simply not true. It still hurts so much that someone would attack you like this. And it is impossible not to imagine other people laughing or going along with it. And you don't know that, and that may not be true. Everyone else might be horrified or angry. You don't know that. It is I just, I don't think you can immediately shake this off. So you have got to take some time. Um, I hope that when we are attacked, what I hope is that the criticism is so ridiculous that you can shake it off. You know, what I have found is that when I am unfairly criticized, if there is no connection to truth, I can shake that off. So if someone says, um, Andy hates his staff, he obviously despises them. I would laugh and, and I would not think about it again right? because it is so obviously not true. Like not even close to true. Right. The ones that hurt are the ones where they catch a little piece of truth in them. You know what I mean? Where they're right. like, I, I, you know, uh, again, we go back to the to the the thing from the very beginning and say, oh, this might be hurtful to someone who heard it. And I go, oh, I could see that. You know what I mean? And that yeah. makes it hurt because I can't reject it out of hand and go, this is ridiculous. Right. And so I hope that if you do get a criticized like this i hope that it's something you can reject out of hand and go that's ridiculous but if there's if there's some truth to it that that makes this much harder and again you just need time to process it the other thing i would say is in that time find some support if you need it all right so um this this hurts and it's terrible and it depends on your personality there may be people who just need to sit alone i am someone who needs support you know, I, I want, I like to talk, I, I need to talk through things that are going on, uh, with me. And so I need to talk to someone about what is happening. And I just, uh, just a process. That's a big part of my processing. I yeah. do not want to talk to anyone at my practice, right? I do not, I do not want to pull someone else in. I am not trying to make teams of me versus that employee. Uh, We will deal with that later. But I am not trying, I am not trying to further divide the practice. I do not want to add to the rumor mill. I do not want to say, oh my gosh, well, Andy feels this way. And he said this. And I don't want any of that. I do not want to talk about it with my people. But I still, I personally, I, I would need to talk about this. So that pushes to the, to the question of who do you talk about? 
when you're the boss, you're Amanda, you're the practice owner, and something like this happens and you're devastated, who do you talk to? The initial reaction, I think, for a lot of us is to talk to people that we work with because right. they know the players. They know uh, Jessica who made the memes, right? They know maybe what other people thought of the memes or what, you know, what did other people think when they saw these, you know, and we want to talk to those people. I don't want to talk to those people rationally, strategically until I'm in a good headspace to be smart about what I say and how I say it and what I ask. And so finding someone outside of your practice who especially who can identify and relate to where you are and how you're feeling, but they're not tied to your practice. I don't think there's anything more valuable than that. Yeah. I, um, (laughs) my, one of my first phone calls, um, when something happens involving my practice and I need perspective is, someone who is not in my practice. And ironically enough, it's, it's my Amanda. Um, it's someone that I have worked with before, but she's not involved in my practice, but she knows the people involved. And so there's, for me, it's, I, I always, I, I don't know if maybe I'm, maybe I'm weird, but I always seek some perspective on the situation. And for me, that involves someone who either, knows the situation, but like you said, is not in it, is not a part of the team, is not there in the day-to-day of what is happening. So, um, you know, if something's going on at home, uh, I, it's, I often don't talk to my, to my partner first. If something's happening with the kids, I will go outside to someone who knows all of us, but can give me some perspective on the situation. And I think for, for work, that's someone who knows the players. And if it's, if I don't have that person in in my life it's someone who can understand the situation and so that's for me um in terms of work is other practice owners is other practice managers you know a lot of the times when I've had situations come up with my team I reach out to other managers whether it's in um uncharted is obviously my go-to um or in my local managers group or vhma someone who can empathize with where I am coming from, understand my position, but also has the ability to have perspective because they are removed from the situation. They don't have that personal interest in it. That for me is, is key. Um, and that's, I think why, why this came about, because for this person, they had a group within Uncharted of practice owners. And so they were able to say, I am a practice owner. I can reach out to a group of practice owners who understand the position I'm in and ask for perspective and ask for help. How, how should I, how should I approach this situation? How should I handle this? Yeah. That's why we started the uncharted practice owners group was to have practice owners by themselves to have conversations just with other practice owners. And that's it. We'll be, we'll be adding other groups in the next year. Uh, I think it's time for practice managers to have their own group as well. So I'm just waiting for practice managers and uncharted to really step forward and, and, and ask for that and, and take leadership of it. So I expect that will be happening pretty soon, but, um, but the practice owner group, that's why we started. That's why we started the practice owner, uh, uh, summit. So the practice owner summit, uh, which, is I learned last night is totally sold out. So our first one is a hundred percent sold out, packed to the walls. We cannot take any more people. There is a waiting list. If people are are interested, you can head over to unchartedvet.com and find out about that. But I, I don't I don't think there's going to be any space uh, this year. 
And my plan is to run this and make it really great and really special. And then we will be expanding it hopefully next year. But I, I, I want the Practice Owner Summit to be something where practice owners come together and talk about these types of things and they have a community of support. So anyway, so that's what we're going for. All right. So, uh, so find someone you can talk to. So, uh, practice owners group and uncharted is a great place to go. Other people who have been leaders or managers, you know, who are maybe not tied to what you're doing. It's good. It can be your friend, uh, you know, just straight up one of your friends who's not in vet medicine. It can be your spouse. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this. Sometimes if we have problems, like maybe not, well, maybe like this at work, or we have other things that are going on at work, having someone to talk to is, is important. Like I said, to me, sometimes, especially if we've got something, uh, that that's sort of ongoing or stressful or things like that, we can end up in a hard spot because we don't want to talk to the people that we work with and our friends and our spouse, those are human beings. And at some point they get really tired of hearing us talk about a problem and rehash the problem and go back through it. You're laughing. What are you laughing at? I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing because I know where you're going with this. And I I have a perfect, we're going to be vulnerable and brave and put Stephanie out on the table uh, story to go along with it. Okay, cool. All right, great. So, yeah. So, so (laughs) some point you may need to talk to somebody about drama that's going on in your practice. I said Uncharted is, is great for that because there's a big group and you can always sort of talk to a group and talk to other people. I do love that. But sometimes we want to, we want personal attention and we really want to talk to somebody we can exhaust our spouse we can exhaust our friends that's not a failure on our part it's just us still processing and sometimes we need to hear things in different ways guys at some point um it may be worth paying a professional to have these conversations with you and i think about this sometime where it's like hey look if i was um if i was trying to figure out the workflow at my practice and I talked to all the people that I could talk to, and my spouse was sick of hearing me talk about the workflow, and my friends didn't want to hear me talk about the workflow, but I still didn't feel like I had it right. You know what I would do? I would hire a consultant, right? right. I would pay, I would say, look, I still need support, and I've kind of burned through my, you know, my, my, my friend network, and I've kind of drawn right. on these people as much as I can. I'm going to pay somebody to work this out with me. And that's how I feel about therapy. Um, If you're a leader and you need somebody just to validate the scenery, just to listen to you talk through it. I think we've got this weird stigma about, uh, about talking to a therapist. No, dude, if, if that's what you need, then hire somebody, you know, like rather than putting this on your spouse every night when you go home, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I have done that. I just like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm working this thing. My spouse is absolutely sick of hearing about it. I, I need somebody who's neutral, who's going to tell me the truth and, you know, and bam, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to use them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was laughing because, um, I, this, this was, this was me. I, I had this moment where I had the realization and it came after I recognized that I had, um, I had clearly been talking to my outlet person um, way too much. When I um, had a conversation, I (laughs) called Amanda one day and she literally knew what I was going to say before I started to say it because I had had the same complaint and I had had the same situation. I told her about the same thing over and over again. She's like, what happened with this person today? And that for me was a really eye-opening moment because I was like, okay, 
like she didn't, she, there was no mouse behind it. She wasn't, she wasn't annoyed or even irritated. But for me, it was a wake up call. It was like, well, I'm really like our friendship is consisting about me Mm-hmm. trying to process this every time we talk. And so maybe it's time to get some outside perspective. And so I, I actually, I started seeing a therapist and I started um, talking to someone um, specifically about, about work. And I was like, Hey, I have this situation going on. I really could use some perspective and some help. Um, and it was a, it was really nice to have that outside perspective. And now there are so many modalities for therapy, whether it's, um, that you just, you know, pay uh, for me, that's a problem. I'll throw money at all day. But I also recognize that a lot of our um, colleagues are not in the position to really be able to afford regular ongoing therapy. But there is um, there is digital therapy formats now where you can text back and forth with a therapist. Um, and it has a very, very low cost. A lot of a lot more employers are starting to provide EAP. So employee assistance programs for their teams. Um, with the EAP generally comes a series of therapy sessions for free for our employees. And as a manager or as a practice owner, if that's something that you're offering for your team, that's something you can absolutely take advantage of to be able to have that outside perspective, to be able to talk it, talk it through and see things clearly in a way that you can't um, sometimes when you're talking to someone that's still close to the situation. Yeah. For me, the biggest hangup I think that I see for uh, managers, practice owners, you know, veterinarians, stuff like that for things like that, is the timing thing. Uh, you know what I mean? It is like, cause we work all the time. And so the idea of going away right. from the practice during nine to five and talking to someone is, is a huge barrier for a lot of people. I, I do like, right. the, I do like the digital uh, talk stuff. Um, so better help is one. Uh, that's one that I'm, I'm familiar with. There's one called talk space. I think there, there may be others. I, I'm not endorsing any yeah. of them, but um, you can do phone calls and just set them up for whatever time is convenient and things like that. And so I, I do I do like that. I have picked up the tab for uh, manager uh, for managers that um, that I I know out in the world, not in our practice necessarily. But I'm like, hey, look, you're clearly wrestling with this thing, and you need an outside person who's not your boss and not your team. Uh, look, six weeks, I'll pick up the tab. You need to go talk to this person and just just lay it out. And you you know, I think that's great. I think sometimes we drop in for a month and we talk to a person once or twice a week and just lay it down and make them listen to all our stuff. And then they have fresh eyes and they just ask us questions and, and bam, we leave it. There are other partnerships where I see uh, two partners that are owners. And honestly, I will recommend um, a counselor for those partnerships just uh-huh. because, and you could do it again, you could totally do them digitally. You can do it virtually just make it a phone call and it's a conference call. When the three of you get on the call together and yeah. it is awesome to have that person who doesn't, they're not related to your business. They don't care. You know what I mean? They're purely there to listen and ask questions and you can get places that you can't get otherwise. So I just want to put that on the table if this is something that you're struggling with. Well, and I think it, it creates, um, particularly when you're talking about um, therapy, for me, it allowed an opportunity for me to be vulnerable with my team. And I think that um, vulnerability is going to be required in this situation for Amanda to deal with what happened with Jessica. I think at some point she's going to have to get real and vulnerable with her team. And for me, when I, um, when I started therapy, it was an opportunity for me to say to my team, 
Hey, I'm really struggling with something and I have, um, I, I need some help. And so I am going to go once a week on my lunch break and I, I'm going to go have therapy and take lunch at two on Thursdays because I'm going to go to an appointment and this is a priority and I need your help to make this all happen. And so it created an opportunity for me to have that vulnerability without letting them know the details without having to talk to them about it. It created an opportunity for me to talk to them about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Okay, cool. Let's, let's push in. We're getting, we're getting along here. Let's, let's wrap this up. What what do you do if you're, if you're Amanda? So this has happened. Um, go back to our safe conversations, right? Like I need to get into a headspace where I'm, where I can have a conversation without breaking down, without getting mad, without crying, you know what I mean? Without, without seeking vengeance. First thing is process to the point that you can have this conversation. And and you're, let me just be clear here. You're probably not going to get to a place where you're going to smile and be happy. Can you have this conversation with a clear head? Right. And if not, then maybe a little bit more time. Right. So just try to get yourself into a headspace like that. Try to get some perspective. Right. Are there people that you trust in your practice who will be honest with you? Is there a story behind this? Is there truth to what is being said? And again, you talk about being vulnerable, buddy. This is vulnerability is going and saying, hey, I'm going to ask you to be really honest with me. You know. I saw these things and I'm still processing them. And I was wondering, um, you know, I come to you because I trust you. Is there truth to this in what people think about me? Because I want to be a good boss. I want to be the best that I can be. Is there, um, can you tell me kind of what the reaction was to, to, to these in the team are there. And I ask that because if there are problems I need to fix, I want, I want to know about them. And those I think are, are the exact words that I would say. So that, that's what I would say to not to the person who made them. This is me. Right. This is me getting more insight and information and trying to understand. And so this is me talking to people in the practice. That I have a strong relationship with and, and who I trust and say, I, I'm asking you for your help. I'm asking you to be honest with me because, because not because I want dirt on Jessica, not right. because I'm going to reap vengeance, not because I'm trying to decide who I'm going to fire and who I'm not. Right. I want you to be honest with me because I want to understand and I want to be a good boss. And that's yeah. how I would frame it. Yeah, 100%. And then I would fire everyone that she sold me about. No, that's not true. That's not what I'm saying. All right. So, flaming sword of justice in my hand. If, like, oh. if okay. you're not going to pick up the flaming sword of justice and go cut off everybody's heads, what when, when you have gotten some perspective from outside the practice and then you get some practice uh, or some perspective from inside your practice by asking someone you trust to be honest with you. Then what? So you, you've got all this information. What do you do with it? All right, cool. So now I'm ready to start having the conversations that matter, right? So I got this information. I'm kind of hearing like, oh, well, you know, this is when, you know, when um, when we extended the Saturday hours so that we close at three instead of closing at noon, 
you know, a lot of people really didn't like that. And a lot of people had to give up things that they really enjoyed. Okay, great. That's where some of this resentment is coming from, or that's what stimulated. At least I understand that. I'm not saying I'm going to back off my decision, but right. I'm going to understand that's what's driving this. And I can address it or not address this or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, all right, cool. So now I start have the real conversations. I am going to go talk to Jessica for sure, right? And hopefully now I've got some background information. I kind of, uh, hopefully I've felt validated. You know, I, I am, I've processed this. I'm going to go to Jessica and I'm going to be vulnerable first. And that, that is hard for a lot of people, but I'm going to go and say, Jessica, I want to talk to you about, uh, the memes that you made of me, or I, I want you to know that I, I saw these and I was really hurt by them. I try really hard to be a good boss and I try really hard to make this a great place to work. And, um, and this was just really, really hurtful. Can you tell me why you made these? And that's it. Can you tell me why? And I'm going to, I'm going to put it to her and say, can you tell me why? And let's see what she says and how she responds is going to drive this conversation. If she's just resentful and she's like, well, because you do this and that, that's one thing. And if she breaks down in tears, then that, that may be another thing, you know? Um, but I'm going, that's how I'm going to open it up. And then the next part is, um, I am going to point to the employee handbook to the section about bullying and say, this is, we have in our employee handbook, this is bullying. And I feel like this is bullying of me. And that's where we are. And if you're smart, your employee handbook has bullying in there and that it is a zero tolerance policy. And that's, that's that. And so if, uh, after this conversation, you think that Jessica needs to be liberated to find another place where she can be happier, then you have the grounds to do that. Look at you, Andy Rourke, listening to me. Listening to me rant over and over time and time again about your employee handbook. I'm so proud of you. Like, let me get out the employee handbook that Stephanie Goss made. For me. <laughs> okay, but you forgot one really important step. Right, and I'm going to put my okay. HR. I'm going to put my HR hat on, and we're going to roll do. it back for a second. Please so do. this is the this is the kind of conversation that you absolutely cannot have by yourself. Yes, um, great and point. so as a as a practice owner, whether it's you as an as an owner or it's your manager who is involved in a situation like this, this is absolutely the con- this kind of conversation that needs to have three people because there are always at least two sides to every story, and the truth almost always lies somewhere in the middle. You need to have someone who is a neutral party who can mediate this conversation no matter which way it goes because as as the especially as a practice owner you are in position you are in a position of power and what you absolutely do not want to do is put yourself in a situation where it's just you and Jessica and you have this conversation and Jessica can walk away and create a narrative about yes. what happened that may or may not be some the somewhere in the middle and be the truth so I'm um, so glad you said that. Yeah, I did not say that. You were so, so right. That's so-, <laughs> um, so if you're the practice owner, this is a, the, and you haven't already involved your, your manager, um, this is where you need to involve your, your manager. Now, for some of you guys out there, especially my solo practitioners, some of you may not have an official manager. You might not have someone who's had mediation training or HR training. If you have that person in your practice, 
that of course is the person who who should who should be used someone who has both hr um background and knowledge and, and mediation training as well but a lot of practices don't have that person so if you don't have a manager or if you're the manager involved in a bullying situation like this it does not excuse needing to have a third party involved in this conversation and so it can be your practice owner as a practice owner if you don't have a manager it could be a senior technician. It could be another associate veterinarian. That's you. When... You can you can hire outside HR people. Yeah. Who who Ooh. who will you can pay them by the hour and they will come as an HR consultant or professional and participate in these in these meetings. So if you don't have someone and you think I want someone, you can you can find in your area an HR person who will come and advise you on HR and, and just say, I w I'm going to have a meeting with an employee and this is what's going to happen. And I need to have someone else, uh, you know, in the room to help document and help me do this. And that may a hundred percent be worthwhile, but, um, but you're right. There's generally people in inside the office that can do it, but if you're feeling uncomfortable or whatever, there are outside resources that you could bring in as well. And I think, um, uh, what's important for me is trying to balance the power in the room and at the table a little bit. And so a lot of times if I am having a hard conversation like this, that involves um, a team member and I, and I think that there's a chance to fix this situation, the answer is not going to be firing them because if the answer is firing them, really, you just need another person in the room to be to be your witness and to move on. But if you're going to try and mediate a situation like this, um, a lot of the time I think about the power dynamic. And the last thing I want is for a team member to be sitting in the office with my owner DVM and another associate DVM. Because let's have two DVMs sit across the table from a, from, um, a team member and make them feel really, really outnumbered and outpowered, right? So that's something to think about. So, okay. No, I, I agree with all that as far as um, having this conversation with the employee. Okay. What do we do beyond that? You, okay. We could be done after talking to this employee or right. we could absolutely talk to the team. And if yep. this is something that has been shared publicly and it's out in the team and people saw it, um, I think we should communicate to the team in some way. Oh yeah. I, I mean, definitely. I, I think we should communicate in some way. The way that I would communicate is after I have dealt with Jessica and decided what's going to happen and what the plan is there, right. I would go to the team. And again, this is, um, this is an HR issue, which means I cannot go and say, well, this is what she did. And this is what blah, 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 blah. And now is this. And I fired because of this. And like, again, there's right. some privacy stuff. Right. I would go and talk to them about what I want to accomplish. Where do we go from here? And again, right. I would talk to the team and be vulnerable and say, guys, I saw these things and, um, and they were really hurtful. And I want you to know that I really do my best. And I, right. I, want, your, I want your feedback. And if you're unhappy, I want you to communicate that with me in a professional way. And right. if you will promise to be professional and respectful, then I promise to be professional, respectful, and hear you. And then w let's talk. Let's talk about how they can give feedback to right. 
to management. And that may be an anonymous suggestion box. That may be an open door policy or just ask them how, how are there ways that you guys would like to communicate? Are there ways that you would communicate anonymously? Because I, I, I don't want you guys just to talk amongst yourself about things you're unhappy about. Talk to me and let's try to figure this out. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And this is, this is a fine line, right? Because like you said, from an HR perspective, there are things that you shouldn't share with your team, particularly if you have terminated an employee. However, I think in this instance, there are two very important things that need to be brought up with the team. And so sometimes it takes some creative thinking about how do you talk about this, but your team needs to know that you have a zero tolerance policy for bullying. If that ultimately is is the line that was crossed, the team needs to be aware of it. And they also need, I think they also um, need some acknowledgement um, from you because in this scenario, right, that the, the memes were sent to the entire team and included the practice owner. And so everybody on the team who was a part of this message thread understands that the owner was accidentally included. So it's this big elephant in the room, right? And so I think, I think you need to create an opportunity to talk to your team about how um, you feel about that. I just think from an HR perspective, you need to figure out how do you do those two things so that it's independent of any, um, action that may or may not come on your part in terms of dealing with Jessica as an employee. But I do think that for the team's sake and in terms of healing for yourself and for the team in terms of how do you move forward, talking about those two things is very important. Yeah. This is the longest episode we've ever done. Let's, <laughs> let's pull the rip cord and get out of here. I think this is great. I've really enjoyed this boy. This was a lot to unpack. If you got through this whole episode, <laughs> you need to come to Uncharted. There's no doubt. Yes. You sat through an hour and 20 minutes and you were like, this is great. There is no greater uh, sign that you need to be part of the Uncharted community. You need to be a part of these conversations. You need to be, if you're a practice owner in our practice owner group, you need to be here with us doing our stuff. So head over to unchartedvet.com and check it out. Love it. All right. See you next week, Steph. Okay. Bye. And that was our episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. It was definitely a roller coaster ride there. That was that's intense. That's a tough one. Gang, if you have problems, if you have questions, if you have things that Stephanie and I can help you with, send us an email. Let us know what is up. It's a podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. Just send us an email. Give us enough backstory so that we can help you. We need some details to kind of dig in. Uh, If you want a pseudonym, that's fine. Just let us know what it is. I always enjoy that. And we will see you next week. Take care. Be well. Bye.